0: I'm Kim Schmidt, executive editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of 21st Century Equipment and Moving Iron LLC sits down with Aaron Fintel, a remarketing manager for 21st Century. Before we head over to their conversation, I wanted to invite you to join us this August 4th through 5th at the Dealership Mind Summit in Omaha, Nebraska. Based on the feedback of past attendees, our dealer advisory board and the Dealership of the Year alumni group were bringing back the focus on used equipment remarketing. Space is limited for this dealers only event. Register today at dealershipmindsummit.com. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each new episode is released. In this episode, Casey and Aaron start things off talking about the used combine market, particularly for the 2012 through 14 model years compared to combines from 2017, 18, and 19.
1: This week, my guest is Aaron Finnell. He's back again for uh, some more punishment here, but Aaron, how you doing, bud? I am doing quite
2: well in the uh, the world of the Rona. And by the way, thank you for realizing that it is, in fact, punishment. I, appreci- <laughs> I appreciate the honesty and
1: forwardness. You never know what kind of shellacking you're going to get when you come on the show, huh?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Come on the show yeah. in person, through text. Yep. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. Well, it has been a, uh, what's this, like week number six of uh, the coronavirus thing, and um, since, since we've shut things down and now we're opening things back up, we've had um, a bit of a roller coaster ride when you look at what's going on in the equipment marketplace. It's stayed pretty consistent, kind of picked up here right about February, March time frame, and then kind of slowly started to uh, slide off the... Uh, off the edge there, uh, coming through April, and here we are in May, and it's uh, fairly quiet. It is plant season. I'll, I'll I'll throw that caveat out there. We do have uh, a lot of machines out there running around planting corn, soybeans, and what have you. But it's uh, not typically this quiet. But it is what it is, and I get where they're coming from when you look at you know three dollar and twenty cent on the board corn, and you know two seventy cash corn. There's not a lot of guys jumping up and down to go sell a bunch of stuff. So. I guess, Aaron, as you take a look around, kind of kind of, give me a recap here the last couple of weeks, what you've seen, some conversations you've had, um, just the overall sentiment, I guess, that you are sensing out there in the greater used equipment marketplace. Well,
2: I would say the way things are right now and talking with other used guys across the country, for the last couple months, the the end user market has week by week got quieter and scarier, quieter and scarier Mm -hmm. and, and on, you know, on down as we go here, the, the, which, which has, you know, so many of us do both sides, you know, the selling to end users, or I should say three sides, some export business, selling to end users, And then, you know, dealer to dealer, wholesaler, that kind of thing. And everybody has said the same thing that I'm experiencing to a T. You know, the the dealer to dealer world has been good for both of us. I know I've done a bunch of dealer trading in the last month, which is good because there hasn't been a whole lot of end user stuff. And the dealer to dealer trading has worked wonderfully on both sides. The stuff I've gotten in is gone, the stuff I traded them is gone. You know, it's and it's funny because they had it on the internet, we had it on oh, yeah. the internet, you know, it's not like we did a trade and the numbers magically dropped fifteen thousand per piece. We just thought, well, maybe we can use that. You know, that's how them dealer trades work. It just it just is as a real quick side note, that's always funny to me how oh well, yeah yeah, I'll take that. Well, you know, it was, it's been listed online for four months, <laughs> just <right? Where> else, <laughs> yeah. you know, yep. and then you move it and it's like, Oh yeah. Hey, I like that. I'm like, well, all right, right on. Um, so that, that has been, and, and I know, you know, talking to the guys, I've and I'm, you know, kind of buddies with them and, and it's, a, we're, we're both, you know, everything's just totally out in the open. And it's one of those deals where you're like, Nobody wants to say it, but, but at the same time, you're like, Oh, thank God. You know, we, we, I'm not getting anything sold and I need to sell some stuff. Hey, do you want to trade? Right. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's kinda, you know, that's kinda where it comes from. And it's not, you know, just so the world knows, there's no secret combine market that we're trading combines around. It's, you know, eights and nines and six Rs and that kind of thing. Right. And that, so so, it's good stuff out, good stuff in. You're just changing. right? Um, that's kind of the thing. And now, you know, here in the last week, 10 days, we're all sitting here going, well, all right. We did really good with all them trading with the tractors or, you know, specific tillage or a planter or something like that. And now we sit here and go, combines. What are we going to do with combines? You know, other than... You know, hey, let's all throw co- all, all our combines on an auction and see just how damn cheap we can get a twenty a twenty thirteen six eighty with with fifteen hundred set, yeah. You know, be yeah. like, would you like a ninety six hundred or this s six eighty?
1: Yeah,
2: that's the so thing. That's that's kind of the that's kind of the world we're in. Nothing, you know, no runaway. And and I'm not a guy that gets nervous, but I was talking to a couple, you know, dealer used equipment guys yesterday and we're both kind of beating around the bush like, oh, it's kind of slow. And I just finally said, you know what? I don't get scared, but I, and I'm not scared, but I'm to the point where I'm starting to worry. So, but guess what? I I, uh, think when things open up, we might, you know, who knows, maybe we'll see some changes.
1: Oh, did no, you but, say this is only six weeks? I feel like we're six months. into the in the well, corona. Trying to think about that. So it was like mid mid March, right? Somewhere around there. And then when that like March fifteenth ish, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Makes yeah, I guess. So we're eight weeks, I guess. Eight eight weeks. No,
2: no. I want to say. I'm trying to think here because here in Nebraska. The girls' basketball state tournament is the first week of March, first weekend in March. And then the boys is the second weekend in March. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're probably,
1: yeah. Because they played you're the girls. Right. They played the girls' tournament. They didn't play the
0: boys. Girl, yeah, girls
2: <laughs> Girls
1: had fans there. Boys did not. Yep. Yep, I always – whenever I do this, I think about that uh, scene in Anchorman when he's at the zoo watching the uh, – the panda trying to have the baby. Brian Fantana. Brian Fantana, that's it. He has, he has, uh, <laughs> Brian Fantana, he's like, day 135 of Panda Watch, you know, and, and it was, Right. You know, I just, every time I reference the weeks, that's what I feel like, I feel like it's going on, but... <clears throat> But yeah, so there's Yeah.
2: Kinda kinda like kinda like Bread Steel. What, what? <laughs> what's so great about the damn Pandas? Uh, there's like eight of them in the world. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, well there you go.
1: Yeah. it's uh it's craziness Brian out there. Fantana. Man. Brian Fantana. Brian Fantana man of the people.
2: John, well, I got to be honest, that smells like gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you got to roll the dice because 60% of the time it works every time. That's right. That's exactly right.
1: Yeah. So it kind of makes you, the combine thing is is my biggest fear right now that I worry about the most. And you brought that up. And, as you sit back and look at... Combines, I know. And I
2: apologize.
1: The, the world gets so tired of hearing that C word. Well, it's... Sometimes the truth hurts, you know. But it's it's one of those, <laughs> right. it's one of those things where... It, the thing about combines is that it's not so much... It's what it is. It's what combine you're talking about. It's not combines in general. It's combines that you're talking about. So what class of combine are you talking about? And if we have talked about any one thing on here more than anything else, it's 2012 through 2014 model combines. Right. And there is, uh, but you look at like a, a 2017, 2018, 2019 combine, And we got demand for those. We got people looking at them. Are we? Are we moving them? Are we moving them fast? Like one? Like they flying off the shelf? Absolutely not. Are they having to bend and mold to make things work and do you know jump through the hoops? Of course you are. But there's activity on those. I'm not saying there's not activity on a a 2012 or 13, but they're a straight up commodity, right? Today, this S680 is worth boom, or this whatever combine you know is worth this you know and that's it there's no no one's arguing that nobody's disputing that nobody is trying to say you're taking advantage of this or the other thing everybody knows right so it's just are you right. willing to let your goes? are you willing to let yours go for that amount today and that's where we're at and i think there's a. Uh, I just think are are we at that point now where everybody has has uh Took the medicine and realized what the market is, and and uh, is not going to try to to you know prop it up somehow or or do some you know whatever to, to show that their this comments is worth fifty grand more than everything else out there is. Right. You know
2: you you had said off air you're having Colonel Van on later, correct? Right. Okay. I had heard we're we're going to start a rumor. That cat scales, you know, that you hear on XM radio and shit. They're like at all the big truck stops so you can check your weight and all that. Yeah. They are partnering with Sullivan Auctioneers starting next week to have a scale at every auction that has more than one combine.
1: Yeah, so they can <laughs> so they can sell them by the pound. So they can <laughs> <laughs> Expedite the sale of it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it feels like. Things have come to more than anything when it comes to even. I mean, there for a while, like it felt like that's the, you know early two thousands model tractors. There were some people looking for that stuff, but the, the biggest hindrance of all that stuff, whether it's a Anything from 2010 to 2014, right? we will just cut the line off right there. Right. Everything is getting traded in at the same time, and it all has about the same amount of hours on it. That's the problem. It's not... Right. You know, if it went through a normal cycle every couple years or something like that, of trading it in or every three years or some, you know, some normal cycle and not... Well, we were buying stuff brand new every year, and now we're now we're not buying anything, and we're going to keep running the same combine for the next five or six years, and then we're going to trade it in. Well, everybody had the same idea, you know. Yep. And that's the problem with the marketplace, and it's not anyone's fault. It's you know, corn goes from six bucks to three dollars. You know, it's just you know, it's economics. What, and how does it all work, and what, what's yep. the what's the cost per bushel, and uh, those kind of things, and how's that? how does that all play out and what's the, what's the relative value of whatever it is you're trading in? Just like, I mean, it's just like anything else is if there's a whole bunch of something and there's not a lot of people to buy it. And then the price goes down. That's just, that's just the simple facts of it. Right. But the, the best thing that we
2: have going for us in the farm equipment world, probably, you know, yesterday was a really busy day. Guys, guys calling, um, as I was just bitching about it being quiet, yesterday was yesterday was normal. Um, the best thing that we have going for us in the farm equipment business, and it doesn't matter if it's bright green, dark green, both shades of red, orange, blue, it doesn't matter. Yellow, whatever it is. It's going chartreuse. Microbus. It's go, it's going to wear out. It's Absolutely. going to be a point where you want you as as the wonderful KC Seymour, you, you should get a tagline just like let's go move some iron. You should tagline that not because they want to, but because they have to. <laughs> you know, there's there's always going to be that. The guys that are still hanging on with a 70 series. You know, I know a lot of guys across the country last year, finally, it come to a point where, you know, I got 2,500 SEP on this thing. And yeah, I love a 70 series. And yeah, it was the best combine ever built. And all of that kind of stuff. But, it becomes, you know, like you were saying, economics. It becomes a dollars for investment. Like, do I really want to pour 10 or 15 into this thing this winter? Or should I trade, even though the 70s have fallen out of bed, everything that threshes green has fallen out of bed, all colors? But should I trade this thing? It's been paid off forever. Trade it in get me into an s even though I don't want to I have to because there comes a point where you just got to do it and then there you go so I know there's been a lot of those finally happen here in the last 18 months or so yeah and and more coming I've had a lot of guys that damn near have a 70 series tattoo that are like it's time you know we we got to do it I know guys that farm a boatload of acres. That you know, we we had a seventy series when that was that was the combine, and then instead of upgrading, we bought another seventy, and now we bought another seventy. And oh, by the way, this one didn't run last year because we can't find enough help. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah. there's there's and there's a lot of that out there, man. That yeah. that was that was the only bright spot of combines falling out of bed as hard as they did for as long as they did is guys bought a couple of them. Well, that's good and bad. One, that's good because instead of that guy, well, we can get rid of one to that guy. We did get rid of two to that guy. And now, he has two of them to come back in. But at least at that point, the market has reset. And, although you can never, there is no crystal ball to combines, but you can at least you get, you know, you're pissed off at your Super Nintendo. You get to hit reset. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the beauty
1: of that part, you know. Well, the thing about that, not because you want to, because you have to thing, is it's the caveat to that whole thing is when does it make sense for you to do that, right? Right. It's It's not... Yeah necessarily because you got to spend 10 or 15 or twenty thousand dollars on a combine i mean i think that's just that's a valet fee most most places i mean it's just one of those things that combines are an expensive thing to maintain anything that comes in contact with crop is an expensive thing to maintain right whether it's a chopper or, well, a combine and the thing or whatever is, it is
2: you know the guys always <clears throat> talking about thinner steel and this and that mm-hmm. and i know i know case h and i know john deere have way damn more extended wear stuff in them that guys are buying than they did 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. But it's wearing out faster. That is not the steel in the combine, whether it's a Gleaner, a Lexion, a Case IH, a Deere. It's not that they're making them lighter and tinier. It's the fact that you're picking 300 bushel corn, not 200 bushel right. corn.
1: That's exactly right. You know? Yep.
2: Or, or, the amount of beans beans just wear out a combine and you know 40 bushel beans used to be normal well shit as, as you look on ag twitter everybody and their dog has their picture in the field holding their you know poster or whatever with the pioneer rep the de- you know the yeah. decal rep whatever of some huge ass soybean yield Right. I you know I know through the last couple years, man, hitting 80, eight high 70s or 80 on beans is not batshit crazy like it used to be. It's getting to be fairly common. Well, that is a double of what beans used to be not terrible long ago. Right. That, you know, corn is a third jump again. And, and 300 is back there in your rearview mirror. Guys are, you know, 350.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's not that they're, you know, it's the genetics in the seed. It's the, it's not that they're, they're doing a Francis Childs. Well, let's see if we can hit 600 bushel or David Hula or any of them guys. It, it's just, it, you know, they're not, they're not spoon feeding it and babysitting it. It's, it's the genetics. It's the, it's the planter. It's the, you know, maybe it's because of strip till. Maybe it's, you know, there's so many factors in it. It's just happening and bushels wear out a combine it's bushels yeah and that's why and that's and that's why there's not a hell of a lot of difference between a s or a bullet rotor 60 series right? right i mean there there is but your wear items are your wear items it's not like well this has belted you know belted conveyors in it instead of augers No, nope. they're all they all got a clean grain cross auger in the bottom clean grain elevator bubble up auger all that shit is the same in all them combines and it wears out just cause there's so damn many bushels
1: right and that's where that, that statement comes into play not because you want to because you have to at a certain point in time your operation will no longer support the machine that you currently have and right i can already hear guys saying oh bullshit!" i'll run this thing to the wheels fall you do it every year you run it to the wheels fall off every year and that's that's what that's where we're <laughs> at you know what i mean
0: we'll get back to casey and aaron in a moment but first a quick reminder about the dealership mind summit remarketing managers and top dealership management won't want to miss this two-day intensive unused equipment remarketing visit dealershipmindsummit.com today to register Let's get back to the program now as Casey and Aaron continue their discussion on how the number of acres and bushels a combine covers will eventually wear it out. They also get into how a combine is only as efficient as the customer support equipment.
1: It's right. one of those things where capacity and the not like just like what you said guys are yeah, and it's not,
2: and it's not like an F780 is going to have three times the shop bill of a bullet rotor 9860 exactly right that's exactly right they're all, right. all going to have a shop bill and add in add in the you know 8230 binder and the uh, 760 Lexion yep. they're all going to have a big shop bill just because they're all covering a lot of acres a lot of bushels are going to wear out it has nothing to do with the machine and that's
1: the have to, not want to. Right. You're talking about machines now that
0: Business
1: are, decision. 20 years ago, the same acres that they're farming, they're producing probably, they could be producing 30% more bushels on that same acre that they were 20 years ago. Right. right. So now you got yep. machines now that are doing when, you know, a three row head was a big deal. Then we jumped up to a six row head and then the eight row head. And then now you got 12 row heads and then Oh uh, well, maybe the sixteen year old thing might be something to look at. Cool, great. Now you got companies like Lexi and they got twenty four row corn heads. You know, and, and yep. that's a lot of that's a lot. That's a lot of crop coming through that machine at eight miles an hour, five miles an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you're really you're really going that's the next step in this all this thing is is how fast can I make it go, right? So now we've got a twenty four row head or 16-row head, or whatever it is. And now, traditionally, I've been doing, you know, whatever it is, four and a half to five miles an hour with my combine. Well, now, if I could go eight, I'm going to get done twice as fast, right? So, I, I can combine twice as much in a day as I did just by simply going four miles an hour faster. Now, well, you're talking about and
2: use it in. Let's, let's even use that in not winning the lottery price tag, but, but <laughs> for, you know, the new Lexion and the new head and all yep. that. Say, you know, you were going four and a half with uh, a 680 and a 12-row head. Now you're going five and a half, maybe even up to six, with a 790 and a 16-row head. Yep. That's a huge jump, man. Yep. And you can go do whatever... That everybody in the world knows, most most everybody in the world knows. You can have the biggest, most wonderful combine on earth, but if you're hauling the shit home to a 13 inch auger, it don't matter. <laughs> you know, you might as well have yeah. an 8820. Yeah, it's you know, there's there's so much that goes to that, and and I hate to say it, but actually no, I'm proud to say it for the farmer to jump from a 9770 to a 680 or a 680 to a 790. You know, let's use those three stair steps. It's probably cheaper for them to do that than it is. Well, now we got to add one or two more trucks, somebody to drive them. One, we probably got to upgrade the cart we have, plus get another cart. And we still have the biggest bottleneck of all. We have to redo our entire grain system yep that's the other thing we gotta put in a bigger drive over or put in a bigger pit triple the size of our leg you know all that kind of shit it's it's just never ending and that's that's the world we're in so we're not we're not always the we're not always the bad guys (laughs) (laughs)
1: exactly yep it's all about the the support equipment is is the one thing that I feel like is uh, um I don't, it's not overlooked i don't want to say that it's not that's not true it's the um i think it's almost like a car before the horse type scenario sometimes they uh yeah <clears throat> you jump up from a uh a class six combine to a class eight combine and all of a sudden your green cart's not big enough or your heads aren't big enough or um capacity you still have the same capacity right You're still farm the same number of acres right but yep. your capacity is still the same but it's processing the the processing capacity that you have to, to to fill that up so it's all those things that come into play and all those little little nuances and and little things that, that kind of go into all that but that goes back to that not because you want to because you have to thing it's sooner or later if you stay the same and you've been operating the same way forever, and you still have the same number of acres that you farm. There's really no sense of of up getting bigger, right? Getting bigger equipment, just it just get done faster, right? That's the that's the only advantage. If you're growing in size, right, then you guys are looking at capacity, right? And what is your capacity to grow, and how fast can you process the crop that you're that you're that you're cutting out there, right? That you're harvesting, and those are going to be the things that that play into a big. A big decision maker when you start looking at how these uh, um, how these guys move forward, and then that that's because you want to, because you have to. Thing is, because now my ninety seven seventy, as much as I love it, as much as I think it's the best combine I ever created, um, it's just it's not gonna it, it's gonna hold me back. It's not gonna keep me going. Right, just uh, right repair costs or whatever it is that go into play and all that stuff. I don't have the capacity to to move up to do all the things I need to do. So now I need to upgrade to a whatever combine, right? A bigger, newer combine. And now you're starting to talk about technology and you're not talking in efficiencies and those kind of things, not necessarily newer augers. You know what I mean? You're talking about the technology that right. goes with the machine and how that's gonna make me more efficient now to do, you know, more acres with a with the same amount of people, right? How am I going to get process all that stuff? So that's that's when you start having the technology talk, and that's that's where we're at now. Right. Yep.
2: Yep. Well, to put it in terms, in nineteen the fall of ninety eight, I helped a farmer back home, and they're pretty damn good size. Don't get me wrong, but they had a ninety six ten, an eight row cornhead, three seven hundred bushel carts. No, two and then well there was a, a six hundred on the end just in case, but use two seven hundred bushel carts, three semis, and they have two home bases, both have a leg, but not a real high capacity leg at that point. And the combine never stopped ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was the grain cart guy and what we would do you dump once combine dumps once combine dumps twice haul last to the end leave it set grab jump in the other one go catch the combine you know you just do that all day trucker gets there hops in fills himself up, self up parks it it was just click like that all day long and that was god what is that man 22 years ago yeah So you take today's general farming technology and, you know, the the seed, the nutrients, all of that stuff, and what that stuff costs in 98 versus what you're looking at today. And just like what you were saying, that's the whole point of that story is to kind of reiterate what you're saying. But the whole support side of it is enormous, yep. you know, yep. you can have the most wonderful technology and all that in, you know, like, like an S 700, yeah. wonderful, fantastic machines. And it, it's everything after that, you know, yep. how many times do you see a, you know, as you drive through the country, oh, there's a combine piled, you know, you can't fit one more kernel in the bin, the flashers are going off and he's sitting the grain cart is full and it's sitting and there ain't one truck sitting at the end of the field. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're still sitting because that truck gets back. You know, everybody nowadays they want their grain cart is a truck, a semi full or a semi and a half. And they blow that truck full. He leaves again. Mm-hmm. And now the combine's still full. So you go empty him. He takes off. He gets full, dumps again, you know, put three dumps on that cart, and there you go. You're sitting again. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what it's all about. And, like, the other side of the coin of that is, God bless Pioneer, and I don't know that they're the ones to blame, but I remember them being the ones to preach in the early to mid-2000s Planting window, planting window, planting window. Right, right. That is the single greatest thing that ever got everybody in the world to buy a twenty-four O planter. Whether they're fifteen hundred acres or 5000 10,000 you know, they just get more of them. On Ag Twitter, in the last couple weeks, I mean, guys went from well, we're starting, well, we're done. Like, holy shit, man. Yeah. yeah. You know. It wasn't terrible long ago that plant, it was it was planting season. It's not planting season anymore. It's planting a couple weeks, right. yeah. <laughs> and it's and that's everything. It's the beans. It's the corn. It's everything. Not well. We got done planting corn this week. Yeah. took us ten days. Oh, great. Don't have much corn this year, huh? No, that was several thousand acres, and yeah. it's like holy shit. And not only is that size of planter but there's, there's just so much to it. The planners, you know, technology, the planners always changing itself. You can plant a lot of hours in a day, given the speed of the planners, how comfortable the tractor is to drive. It steers itself. You know, you got I or whatever the hell they call it now plugged in. You don't turn it around and lift it up and drop a marker and all that. I mean, you, you sit there and manage it. It, it is literally like a wall street office. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there, you watch your screens, you manage it. All the hard work is done way before that. The brain work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want this hybrid on this field, and we can go this fast, we're going to apply this product, this product, and this product, and this product, and all that stuff, and it's just, it, if you really sit down and think about it, it blows your damn mind, and
1: then boom, 10 days, done. Yeah, like holy shit, man! Yep. Well, that's a whole other side of that too. Is the is just the support side of that. So you got twenty-four row planter that can go out and plant hundred and however many acres an hour, and you're getting after it. But that's only you're only as efficient as your support equipment is. And that's the right. That's the that's the tie-in there. But there's a, you know, technology and planters is the fastest growing technology thing out there. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, yep. time, time, it was it was all about the RTK systems and those kind of things, but the the, uh, the agronomy side of, of Precision Ag is, is really, 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 really growing faster than anything else is. I mean, not only can your planter, can you plant based on soil type and you have a you have a, a a planting subscription or prescription that you put in there, you also have a, we're uh, not that far away from having, multiple hybrids on the same machine, that we need to this certain soil type on this ridge, you know, on this little ridge of the of the, the contour of the field, we're gonna plant this, this specific hybrid in this little 10 by 10 area. And that's what we're gonna plant there. And then we're gonna switch it back and over that's, that. And that's, all, that's honestly already there. Yeah, it is. But as far as like well, mainstream, large scale type stuff. Right, you know, right, yeah, yep. We're probably a year or two away from that being mainstream. So, I mean, it's, we're probably not a year or two away from,
2: say, you got an EC map, you know, the electric conductivity soil map, yeah. as being another layer map. And that is what runs your road cleaners up and down. Yeah. You know, with with just mind blowing shit like that. And it's not that the companies, whether it be, you know, Harvest International, IH, Deer, Kinsey, It's not that they're like, well, let's make it super fancy because guys will buy it. They do all that shit because it's just as you said, it's all agronomically driven. Yeah. If they, they, all them companies do their own studies. And if they can show you that you get a 3% bump or a 5% bump, get out your pen, calculator, figure it up. Yeah. That'll work. We'll take that.
1: Yeah. <coughs> Technology on farm equipment's not like a chrome shop at that what's that what's that big uh, truck stop there on I eighty in Iowa or wherever that's at? Uh, it's got the world's largest I- Chrome shop. I eighty. Yeah. Yep. It's not like that. It's not for flash. It's you're spending a lot of money.
2: Some just call it heaven.
1: <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> look at all these look at all this all these chicken lights and all this chrome. This is badass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's one of those things you have to justify all that, man. You know what I mean? Like you, you really right. need to have that, a reason to get all that stuff. And it's, again, that goes back to my, not because you want to, because you have to thing. You don't have to get the technology and go out there and plant your 20,000 acres of corn with whatever. You can do that with a six row 7,200 planter, right? And that's yeah. stopping you from doing that. Yeah. Just Do you want to get it done by August is the question. You know what I mean? That's, that's <laughs> right. what she, that's what you need to be doing, you know? And so all that stuff that you're doing planning window is huge, right? we saw last year, what happened with the plane windows, you know, when you're looking exactly. at the different stuff and that technology allows you to hit those planning windows just when you have to, to make it work. And that's where we're at, man. And I know, not everybody wants to hear that, but that's 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 the world that we live in, and that's that's the uh, a little bit of the that, that technology kind of mindset goes a long ways into into creating the ultimate inefficiencies when you're uh, out there working, especially if you're trying to um, these guys that plant round the clock. Now, I mean, not that that wasn't something you could do twenty or thirty years ago. But it was not something that you wanted to do. Now it's kind of just part of it, right? No one really thinks too much about it. Right. They just get it done. And, you know, we're talking to a guy the other day that was that had three days in a row where he planted 450 acres of corn three days in a row. That's a lot of corn. Oh
2: no shit, man. You know?
1: <laughs> That's a lot of corn. He was going to try it for exactly. the fourth day. He's going to try to break his record on the fourth day, see if he can get the last, I think he had like 475 acres or something to go. And so he planted 2,500 acres. Let's see what that'd be. What are that is? 1,200, 1,350, almost 2,000 acres of corn in four days. Yes, exactly. It's unreal. Yeah. Yep. So good stuff, man. Well, I feel like we have uh, jumped around here enough in this conversation. Um, Started out talking about- That's what happened with me. started out talking about Very hard to stay on task. what's going on in the market to planter technology and support equipment. So, well-rounded discussion today, Aaron. Good job, buddy. Well, I do what I can.
2: It's, you know, you got the, I got the squirrel syndrome. <laughs> we went from combines to God knows what in the blink of an eye. So, yeah. There yeah. will be no test on this, listeners, so you don't have to take <laughs> notes
1: and try to follow along very closely. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd, we'd fail our own test anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, yeah, there you go. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Folks want we'll to reach out to you and, and get some of those super sweet deals that you got listed on Twitter. What's the best way to do that?
2: Well, just look me up on Twitter. It's at Aaron Fintel. Or call me, text me,
1: whatever, 308-760-1193. Right on. And I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all the latest uh, podcast posts.
0: Thanks, Casey and Aaron. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. If you've got a question for Casey, I'd encourage you to head over to farm-equipment.com backslash Ask Submit a question and we'll get Casey's answer to it up on our Ask the Expert blog. And don't forget to head over to dealershipmindsummit.com to register for the 2020 Dealership Mind Summit in Omaha. And you can keep up with the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.